all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist-recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Take over, take over. Make our confession of faith together. Let's say it. This is my Bible. Say it like you mean it. I am. In my promised land. Amen. Stand standing. If, stand standing. Stand standing if you would. Flip to one scripture, Proverbs chapter 3. I want you to look at one scripture, one, a couple of verses tonight, Proverbs chapter 3. We welcome those watching on all of our campuses tonight. Uh, as I get started with tonight's teaching, anybody ever felt like a failure? Wave at me. Anybody ever had some failures in your life? Okay, I'm, I'm going to help you out real good tonight. And get you straight. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. You got it? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own feeble, fickle, half put together, don't know if you're coming or going, up or down, roundabout, understanding. Uh, you, spiritual, I'm talking to your neighbor. Verse 6. In all your ways, how many of them? All of them. Do what? Acknowledge him or give him preference. And then what is his promise? He shall direct your past. Father, speak tonight over these next few brief moments. I pray that you would speak with clarity tonight as we moved past failure into a place called victory. Help us to look at failure for what it is and not make it something bigger than what it is, but to understand that there's great power in it. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. As you take your seats, just high five somebody, tell them failure, 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 failure. Amen. You can be seated. I, I want to move tonight so that we get this uh, uh, very good tonight. Failure is a misunderstood and often misused occurrence in life. Uh, to abnormally use something is to abuse it, and more often than not, people abuse uh, the failures that come in their lives. Failure will either propel you, that's letting God direct your paths, or failure will depress you. That's leaning to your own understanding. I'm going to say it again. It's either going to propel you, that's letting God direct your paths, or it is going to depress you. Now, I know I can't get you to be honest, so let me talk to your neighbor. More often than not, when we experience failure, we let failure depress us. 
We let failure compress us. We let failure mess us up. But we can't do that because when we do that, what we're doing is we're leaning to our own understanding of failure. Because when you look at failure from your perspective, you see it as everything that it wasn't. But when God examines it from his perspective, he's seeing it for everything that it was. He sees it for everything that it accomplished, not everything that was not accomplished. Are you here? Now, I want to define failure. Failure is the state or condition of not meeting a desirable or intended objective. I'm going to get to you again for the note takers. It's the state or condition of not meeting, let's just get it layman's term, what you plan. And may be viewed as the opposite of success. What I love about the definition of failure is it does not say it is the opposite of success. It says it may be viewed as the opposite of success, which means then failure really is completely predicated upon how I evaluate or evaluate it. I'm talking real country tonight. Stand, standing, evaluate. Lord, goodness, I'm going to come up with something new in a moment. Y'all know what I meant, though. All right. Now, here's three things that are true about failure. This, 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 gonna be, this, this message is going to be like, like one of them quick doctor's visits where everything is good. I'm just going to tell you, everything's good, boom, and you're going to be out. All right? Three things true about failure. Number one, everybody will fail at something at some time. <laughs> That's some truth you can take to the bank. You can cash that check all day long. It's going to cash on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Ain't it, man? Okay, now let me, for, for those of you not familiar with Southern vernacular, ain't it, man, means won't it certainly do that, dear partner. <laughs> all right, so let's practice it. Ain't it, man? Okay, now some of my Denverites, some of my staff, see, one of my staff members was trying to say it to me, and they were like, ain't it, man? I said, no, it's, it's ain't it, man. Y'all practice with me. Ain't it, man? All right, good. So, now, here's the point. You ready? Everybody's going to fail at something at some time. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how good looking you are. I don't care who you know. I don't care how spiritual you are. I don't care how much you pray. I don't care how much you fast. I don't care how much tongues you talk in. You are going to fail at something at some time. Moses was a failure at one point or another. Moses had this problem, and I, and I can understand this because I don't like people like this. Moses came up with excuses. He had a lot of excuses. Well, God, you know, I, 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 I can't talk right, God. God, you know, you know, why can't you pick somebody else that would do a better job? He had all these excuses. You know what God said to him? God says in Exodus 7, 1, you shall be as God to Pharaoh. Now, ain't that something? Even though he was an excuse maker, that's failure. Making excuses is failure. God still says to him, you're going to be as God to Pharaoh. And not God with a little G. He says, you're going to be as me to Pharaoh. Exodus 7 and 1. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. David, he had failure in his life. David had wandering eyes. He was full of lust. Yet the Lord calls him a man after his own heart in 1 Samuel 13 and 14. He was a failure, but God still was able to do something great with his life. Abraham, Abraham, we, 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 our covenant, the Genesis 12 that we have as believers, our covenant is connected to Genesis 12, the covenant with Abraham that says, Abram, I'm going to bless those that bless you. I'll curse them that curse you and you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And you, and, and it's really interesting because Abram, God says, I'm going to do this brand new thing with you. But Abram was a deadbeat dad. He didn't take care of his son Ishmael. 
But yet the scripture calls him the father of many nations. Oh, y'all not hearing me. Peter, Peter, who, who was one of the great apostles, he got up on the day of Pentecost with no sound system, no praise team, no bulletins, no communiques, no greeters at the door, nobody passing out. Uh, no, he got up and preached, and that day 3,000 people gave their lives to Jesus Christ. But you know, despite Peter's great success, he denied Christ three times himself. But Jesus says to Peter, you love me? He says, yes, I love you. Then feed my sheep. He had this great failure. But still Jesus says, boy, let's move on past that. Because I need you to feed my sheep. Even though you denied me, I'm going to ask you to feed my people. Y'all, y'all, y'all not hearing what I'm saying. Paul, we love Paul because Paul is so poetic. That I might know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. You be quoting that stuff, don't even know what you're asking for. <laughs> my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I mean, we quote Paul. We love Paul. Some people are more Pauline than they are Christocentric. They quote more Paul. They know more about Paul than they do about Jesus. But, but watch this, Paul, as he's writing the Corinthian church, which were his spiritual children, not, not just the leaders of the church, the entire church, the Corinthian church, Paul birthed that church. He tells them, I made you spiritually inferior because I never taught you the importance of giving. He says, I made you inferior. I made you lower class because I made you think you could be stingy and God was going to use you. But yet he wrote most of the New Testament. So we got these great men, and there's certainly lots of women in the scripture that had tremendous failure. Yet, somebody say yet. yet. Yet God still found a way to get past their own failures and past their own issues for them to still be able to do great things for him. You ought to touch somebody and say, my failures don't make me a failure. Tell them, my failures... My failures don't make me a failure. No, 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 no. They did not intend to fail, but when they did, they joined a long list of people who had failed, yet they didn't get stuck in their failure. There's a difference between failing and being a failure. Failing is an, incur uh, is an occurrence. Being a failure is a state of being. So what's the first thing true about failure? Everybody's going to fail at some time. Everybody's going to do it. Touch your neighbor and say, you too. You do. I don't care how much you pray against it, but Bishop, it's on my targeted prayer list. Number one, Lord, I believe you not to fail at nothing. You can keep on praying that. It ain't going to work. <laughs> Got it? Second thing. I told you, this is going to be real quick, doctor's visit. Real quick, real quick. Failure imposes limitations. Now, when you heard that, most of you thought, oh, that's a bad thing. Wrong! Limitations are not a bad thing. Bishop, what do you mean? I, I thought we was no limits. Take the boundaries off. Take the limits off. Now, Bishop, what you trying to say? That ain't pre you preaching what you preaching. Well, let's get it in context first. Got it? Innovations come from limitations. <laughs> God gave you a mind so that mind could serve you. And in that mind serving you, it wasn't so you could create some new thing to do. It was so you could carry out the thing he gave you to do. 
But now, you don't innovate when you don't have anything that's a limit. Okay, y'all ain't going to say nothing. Some of you had limitations when you were coming up, and so you didn't get to get a, a cereal that had color on the box. You had cereal that came in a black and white box, and it told you exactly what it was. Corned flakes. Not corn flakes, no. Corned flakes. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. Some of y'all's peanut butter, when you got it, it wasn't choosy mom's choose Jeff. It was mama got what she could. Some of y'all peanut butter had anointing oil on the top of it. So you, we must be spiritual. Look at all that oil on that. Thank you, Jesus. But what you learn how to do, you learn how to innovate. When you didn't have your nice, big, fine automobile that you could go and spend 3 and $4 a gallon on gas, so you learn how to innovate. You learn how to be nice to folks because you knew you were going to need a ride. Now you got a car, you just tell people off because, you, okay, y'all ain't going to say nothing. You're a nicer person when you have limitations. I could work that, but I, this, this ain't that kind of doctor's visit. It's a quick one. It's a quick one. No matter how big the problem is, it only takes one idea to solve it. I got these big problems. You're one idea away from solving it. And it's that limitation that will cause you to innovate. Limitations are opportunity revealers, not excuse enablers. But Bishop, I didn't have this. Good. So then what are you going to do about it? You're going to sit up and talk about it all day? Well, I didn't have this. I didn't have this. I didn't have this. There's a lot of folk didn't have that. You ain't the only one. Quit sitting up here feeling sorry for yourself. You need to take your tissues and you need to quit having your pity parties because notice you're the only one be going to them. Put your tissues away. It ain't that bad. You, listen, listen. It's an opportunity revealer. Whenever a limit is placed on you, it's an opportunity for you to say there's something here that I've got to see that I couldn't see when I had excessive means and ways. But now since limitations have been imposed, there's something here I got to see differently. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We already had 52nd Peter 1 and 3. Let me say this. Because for all of you that are saying, God, as soon as I get this, I'm going to do this. Ooh, I'm going to help you. Ooh, I'm going to help you. And let's be honest so that we just get everybody feeling the same right quick. How many of us have ever said that? God, I would do that if I had this. God, I'd tithe if I made more money. God, I'd come to church if I had a car. God, I'd be nice to folk if they didn't mess with me. Well, I can't be nice because they just keep messing with me. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. I must be right about it. Doctor's in. Are you ready? Now, I want to show you something. You already have everything you need. Watch this. For what God wants you to do, not what you're trying to do. Check this out. 2 Peter 1.3. You got it? As his divine power. Let's read it together, class. Has given to us. What? All things. That pertain to life. Stop. Everything pertaining to the life he wants you to live. Shakara. You've been given. And read the next part. And godliness. So stop saying I'd stop doing that if they stopped doing that to me. No, you can be godly. You don't want to be godly. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. What does the book say? Because it said it before you walked in here. His divine power has given to us how many things? All things that pertain to life. You got everything you need right now. 
For those of you waiting on something to come, I'm here to tell you, don't hold your breath. Everything you need pertaining to life and living like God, that's godliness. Living like God. You missed it. You already have. Okay, now lay your hands on yourself. Say, I already have everything I need. So check this out then. Watch this. Then what God hasn't provided, he's guiding with. Let me say it another way. God often guides by what he does not provide. A lot, a lot of church people say, something. if it's God's will, it's God's bill. I figured out we didn't pay the bill. Sometimes it's because you missed the will. If it's God's vision, it's his provision. I, that's a lie. I, that ain't always true. Sometimes he make you figure some stuff out. Okay, I just need to tell you the truth. I know it's real good cliche, and you put it on Facebook, and you do feel so spiritual that day. If it's God's vision, it's his, if him. I know, but I just need to tell you, that's just, that ain't all true. There's, sometimes there's some stuff he needs you to see and look at in a different way. So sometimes God is providing, or, or, or guiding you rather, by what he did not provide you. I need you to get that. Sometimes you're saying, well, I could do this if I had this. Well, maybe, just maybe. You don't have that because, number one, he don't want you to do that. Or, number two, it's called faith. And he's needing you to operate with what you do have so you can use what you got so you can get what you want. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. All right. Sometimes it's got to be like Players Club. You've got to use what you got. Diamond, Ebony, you better use what you got. I know all the unsaved people. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. I talk to all the. See, look at all these sinners that's sitting here. <laughs> I only said that because at a certain section in the auditorium started laughing loud. They would have been quiet. I wouldn't have said nothing. <laughs> right, if, you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, do not worry about it. What are you talking about? Nothing. <laughs> you need to pray for the rest of the people laughing so they get, become Christians and serve the Lord. I'm joking. If you're offended, leave. Okay. Limitations should be motivations. Limitations should be motivations. If you don't have something you think you need, maybe it's because God wants you to see something you haven't paid attention to. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to charge you now. I'm going to say it again. If you, have some, if you don't have something you think you need, maybe it's because God wants you to see something you haven't paid attention to. Have you noticed how creative you get when you can't go get what you want? Y'all ain't going to say never. I wish I had a real church. Man, I wish I did. Do I? You ever notice how creative you get? I, I'm going to talk about some of your relatives, not you. I'm going to talk about some of your family. Because they couldn't get the cable plant. I'm just making a point. They got creative. And you always wonder, why that window ain't never shut? Maybe it's some cords. I'm talking about not you, your relatives. But you got the point in your mind, didn't you? You see how creative you get when you don't have what you think you need. You may think, I got to have this, I got to have this. You don't get it. What you do, you get creative. It's amazing how creative folk will get with, 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 with money when they got to make it happen. 
It's amazing what you'll sell and pawn and to take care of some man obligation. But you won't do that for God. You, you won't. <sighs> Three points. Hmm? Y'all ain't going to say nothing. You the one came to church on Wednesday now. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, a creative we get when what we think we need, we don't have. That's a motivation to think differently. To realize, I can't even think outside the box. They took the box. The box is gone. <laughs> Come on, can we be real tonight, church? They ain't even left me no box. I ain't got no box there. I got to find another way. It is your limitations that cause your innovation. And it is your innovation or your creativity that spawns your faith. Bishop, give me some scripture. Absolutely, absolutely. You look at Peter. Look at Peter. Now, Peter's never seen anybody walk on water. Never seen anybody do that. It's not recorded in the scripture. Elijah didn't do it. Elisha didn't do it. Adam did. Nobody did it in the scriptures. It's not recorded anywhere. And so now, now Peter's, Peter's like, the Lord says, uh, Peter says, God, Lord, is that you? If it's you, bid me come. What the Lord say? Come on. <laughs> now, you know, Peter was hoping Jesus didn't say nothing. <laughs> Let's be real. He wasn't some super, oh, yeah. no, he, no, 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 no. He's a regular old human being, just like a, you, you know he was hoping wasn't nobody going to say nothing. And he was just going, this is a dream. And the Lord just showed me something in the third heaven. This is a dream. You know that's what he was hoping. But then when Jesus said, come on. What did he immediately think? Well, how am I supposed to get from here? No, no, you got to understand. Nobody had walked on water. So he couldn't say, I guess I'm going to have to walk on the water. He didn't have any mental reference for walking on water. He didn't know it was a possibility. Oh, my God. But when a limitation was there, because it wasn't no rowboat, wasn't no paddle boat, wasn't no uh, floaties so he could swim across. When a limitation came, what came? An innovation. And he said, well, since there's no boat, since there's no floaties, since there's no life raft, and since you ain't seeming to come over here, I guess the only thing for me to do is put my foot out there. And I got to just trust that when I put my foot out there you ain't gonna let me fall he, he couldn't have thought to himself oh, I'm just gonna walk on the water nobody had done that he didn't have a point of reference to think that way but when a limitation came an innovation came and now Peter's walking on water and just imagine him out there walking I mean just imagine He's walking, and he's walking, and he's thinking, I ain't fell yet. He's probably nervous because the water's deeper than him. <laughs> and so he's just walking, and he's walking. But now there's a storm going on. But notice, he didn't care nothing about the storm. And it wasn't until he started paying attention to the storm that the Bible says, the Bible didn't say he sunk. It says he began to sink. Which means, watch this, which means, watch this. God says, the same way you innovated yourself over here, going to be the same way you're going to have to innovate yourself up out of this place. I'm here to tell you, for those of you waiting on God, God says, I'm waiting on you to innovate. I'm waiting on you to realize that limitations aren't bad things. 
Somebody closes the door, go through the window. I'm into my stealing folks stuff now. <laughs> they close the window, lose a little weight so you can fit through the dog thing. <laughs> innovate. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Innovate. It's amazing what you'll innovate for what you really want. Hmm? If, the, if, if the government says tomorrow, we're taking half your check for taxes. And then you can say all that, I'm not all you want. They're going to take it. They ain't going to ask you. When, when, when automated data processing, processing your check, they're taking it. They're not, they're not having a discussion with, well, how do you feel about it? What do you think? They're taking it. Got it? Now, and, and we're not confessing that. Matter of fact, Father, we come against all of that in the name of Jesus. They better figure it out before I go over to Washington. They don't want me to show up. Because when I come, I'm coming with the Lord. I beat and showed up and all of them dropped dead. And be like, what happened to Congress? The Lord warned them. He gave them a chance. The man of God showed up. They had a chance to get it right. They should have compromised back then. Vote some new folk in. They ain't doing nothing no how. Now, look here. If they take it, guess what you're going to have to do with what you got left? innovate you don't get to sit here I'm just praying that the Lord will return to me they ain't getting it back to you until come around April sometime for those of you early filers around February because you got you you got you alone on your return okay all right maybe February March April you hear what I'm saying you're gonna innovate are you hearing what I'm saying limitations aren't bad if we don't let them be bad are you getting it you can't sit back and say well if I had what she had and if I had what he had and if I had what but you don't so what are you going to do with the hand you've been dealt are you hearing what I'm saying because what you think that if you had what they had you could do what they did what you don't understand is but let me, let me help those of you that's still coming into the Lord more money Listen, let me tell you something. If you can't handle $40,000 a year problems, why are you asking God, Lord, just make me a millionaire? That's just most, that's a high level of stress. You, you, you fasted and praying for a $200 Excel bill. That's one room in a 10,000 square foot house. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me tonight. That's, that's just same issues on a different level. That's why you got to pray for the president. Could you imagine having $17 trillion worth of debt that you didn't spend, some other folks spit up, and they're going to get mad when you come in and try to act like you spit it? Y'all ain't saying nothing. Now, the truth is the truth. How you going to order some stuff at the restaurant when the bill come leave? Now, I ain't talking politics. I'm talking realism. Y'all going to spend up some money, and then when I try to pay for what you spend, you're going to have an attitude with me. Okay. All right. Whatever. Whatever. Americans is something else. Bill come. No, you didn't have number two dollars and ordering up all that food. I hope you was gonna pay for me, but you should have asked. Americans. Let me move on. <laughs> 
Third thing about failure. <laughs> failure is not the opposite of success. Failure is not the opposite of success. It is not. Check this out. Failure isn't the antithesis of success. It's the main ingredient to success. Failure is never the end. It's the beginning of something new. When you do fail, and what did we learn? Point number one, everybody going to fail at something at some time. Fail forward. Fail forward. Most people, when they fail, it's like when they fall. They fall backward. When you fail, you got to fail forward. That didn't work, but that's okay because I found myself in something new. Listen to this. Listen to this. Failure helps you to know what you can be successful at. Because you can look and say, that ain't going to work for me. And I ain't good at that. <laughs> and I ain't built for that. <laughs> and I don't know how to do that. <laughs> and woo, Jesus, I don't know about that. But I sure took care of that. <laughs> and I can sure do that. <laughs> check, check this out. Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry. Where you like him to not decide the point, I want you to hear the story. Tyler Perry, you know what he wanted to be when he was growing up? A preacher. Tyler Perry wanted to be a preacher. And his pastor, his pastor, Tyler, Tyler got up to do his trial sermon. He grew up in the Baptist church. And in the Baptist church, when you want to preach, you got to do a trial sermon. And so the whole church come back about 4 o'clock in the afternoon so you could do a trial sermon. And then nobody showed up to that service because they knew it was, all, it was all the trainees that was going to preach. So then nobody show up. And then, you know, they'd all try to preach and I'd preach the one before them and try to set it up. And, you know, if you get in a Baptist church, ain't nothing good, but love Baptist, love everybody. So he was in Baptist church and Tyler's trying to preach his sermon. And Tyler's pastor said, boy, this is, this, you are not called to do this. He said, this is... He, matter of fact, his pastor, when he tells the story, he said, Tyler was horrible. He said, don't let that boy preach the mornings. <laughs> Check this out. Had he not failed at what he wanted to be, God was ahead of church. If he didn't fail at that, he never would have discovered he wasn't supposed to do that. He's supposed to do that. And when he succeeded at that, I read a report yesterday that said he's the highest paid male entertainer. Y'all ain't saying nothing. When you fail, don't you fail backward. You better fail yourself. When, when, kids, when kids are learning to walk, kids are learning to walk, all of you, all of us, you had to, you had to crawl. And then you walked. And once you could walk, you could run. Amen. And it seems like as you continue to progress, you just, you want to walk. And then you just want to crawl. Okay, so, so, so now look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Imagine if when you fail, because I know you were spiritual, and when you got up to walk, the Lord grabbed your head, and you just started walking and speaking in the word. But most of us, when we started to walk, we fail. By that one measurement, it would appear as if we were failures at walking. Because in our journey from crawling to walking, we're on the ground. I need you to get this. 
But if you wouldn't have gotten up from the place where you fell on the floor and fell on your face, if you wouldn't have gotten up from there, you'd be a grown man crawling. Oh, God, please say amen because I feel like working that. Because a lot of y'all got stuck when you did fall. And so even though you're in a grown body, you still got a child's mentality. Because every time something doesn't work out, you're ready to throw in the top. But I think there's some warriors in the house tonight that say, I may fall, but watch me get back up again. I'm not staying down there. I may fall, but watch me get right back up. You, you had a high pain tolerance when you was a kid because you'd hit your head on the floor and if didn't nobody make a big scene about it, you'd just get back up and keep on going. <laughs> on time kids cry when you, oh, baby, and they look like, oh, I'm for the cash in. <laughs> don't say nothing to them. They fall down. You know, they don't say nothing to them. Just say, come on, get up. Oh, okay. <laughs> they only cry when you make a big scene. If we had that much faith as toddlers, why in the world would we let one little failure stop us now? Too many people fear failure when we should embrace it. Bishop, what if? It may happen. That's true. And that's not the end. You, you, you were able to make it this far. You, you, you got strength in your body. I'm just so tired. What you done? What you tired of? You sound like you came through the struggle. Like you and Harriet Tubman was letting folk out on the Underground Railroad. What you talking about? I'm just so tired. What, what, what you tired of? Just seemed like every time. Every time what? It's not that bad. We can't let fi- failure cause us to do nothing. The fear of it causes us to do nothing. Check this out. God can take a bad decision and make it good. He can take a good decision and make it better. He can't do nothing when you don't make no decision. Are you hearing it? Say, I refuse to fear failing. If I fall, I'm going to get right back up. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Now, that sounds good. You're going to leave pumped up. But I already know what comes after the message. I already know what comes after the high-five your neighbor. What comes after the high-five your neighbor is, I know what he's in, but I'm scared. And I know God told me to give that, but, ooh, I'm scared. Next payday is not for a few weeks. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. What am I supposed to do for money? You want to not overcome the fear of failure? You ready? You ready? Jump in the pool. That's how you over, uh, overcome the fear of failure. Just get in the pool. Small doses of failure help you to overcome the fear of failure. Check it out this way. When you go get immunized and you get a shot for something. You know what they're putting in you? Is a small dose of what you're trying to avoid. But watch this. When they put in, let's use the flu shot for example. When they put in 
portions of the flu strain mixed with other things into your body to vaccine against, to vaccinate against it, what are they really doing? What they're really doing is allowing your body, I'm trying to help somebody, to develop antibodies. So your immune system can be strong. So when a big failure comes, you're like, I, okay, I'm all right. I was prepared for it because I had little doses of it. You're not hearing what I'm saying. And nobody, when you go get a flu shot, do they call you a flu patient? So when you have a little bit of failure, that does not make you a failure. What it makes it is so that when you experience great failure, you'll realize this is nothing but an opportunity for God to come in and do something greater in my life than I ever planned. Small doses of failure are the antidote to the fear of failure. Small doses. When, 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 when this didn't quite go the way you want it to go, say, okay, I'm not going to sit here and be depressed. Because, you know, the thing about depression, when you get depressed, you got to go through all of this hoopla to come out of it. Because you got to go, go so low. And then once you get down there, then you got to cry out to the Lord. Because he's the only one can pull you up out of that. Anybody been there? Come on, let's be real. Then you get so low, then you got to cry, Jesus, just help me. I just, Lord, help me, Jesus. Help me. Yeah, touch, heal, and deliver, Lord. Help me. Help me. So then you call on the Lord to come out the valley. You know the process. Not much about you, your neighbor. And then you come out the valley, and while you're climbing out the valley, you feel good. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Ooh, I'm coming out. Ah, I'm coming out. Coming out with my hands up. Thank you, Jesus. And you come out, and then if you don't have no antibodies, when you go right, when you, when you get in the valley again, oh, Jesus, if you just help me, Jesus, just help me. Why do you want to keep repeating that cycle? I don't know about you, but I don't believe that I got to be like this. Cyclical. Up and down. Sunday. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Do you hear that word? Ooh, that word was for me, child. I got the CD and the DVD. I tell you, I'm taking it to work. It's going to be on. Wait till I get there. A little failure happens on Tuesday. Oh, I just don't know. You going to church tomorrow? I don't know. I just am so. Did you come to church? Ooh, I'm so glad I came to church. Oh, I need that word. I'm just talking about failure. I'm just talking to my friend about failure on the phone. Look how good God is. Then something happens on Friday. I just don't know. I just... Stop all that. <laughs> Stop all that. You ain't going to live like that. No, what you do is just say, okay, that happened. So what? I'm going to get right back up, and I'm going to keep on walking. Because failure is not the antithesis. It's not the opposite of success. It's the main ingredient. If you want to be a success and you have no failures, what you are is a failure that doesn't know it yet. Ooh, that'll preach, that'll tweet, that'll Facebook. I can't even say it again. I don't know what I said. The Holy Ghost. Y'all got to get the CD. Put it on the screen. Is what I said. I know what I said. If you want to be a success and you've not had any failure, what you really are is a failure that doesn't know it yet. Failure is the main ingredient to success. If you look at anybody that's accomplished anything great, you'll see great failures in your life. Moments where you think, man, I would have gave, man, how'd they do that? How'd they make it? How'd they? Imagine Jesus, and I'm through. 
Imagine Jesus going through everything he went through, taking this horrible punishment on Calvary. He's God. He can stop at any minute. He could have done crazy things. He could have said, Lord, let Judas's eyes go in his nose and his feet go to his knees. I mean, he could do some crazy stuff. God could have done anything. He's God in the flesh. He did whatever he wanted. But he submitted himself, watch this, to what looked like failure. You're supposed to be Jesus. You're supposed to be the Messiah. And here we are. We, we arrested you. We're beating you. We're crucifying you. Who's really running the show? And all the while, Jesus is thinking, if you only knew what's going to happen in three days. Jesus is saying, talk all the trash you want to talk. Talk all the stuff you want to say. Say whatever you want to say. Because what you don't know is I know the end of how this is going. I know how this is going to end up. Because I know what it looks like right now. I know it looks like I was a false prophet. I know it looks like I was a liar. I know it looks like everything I said wasn't going to happen. But I'm here to tell you, I've looked into my future. And I found out that I look a whole lot better than I do right now. And so Jesus, as he's looking like seemingly a failure, all these thousands of people that he pronounced himself to be the Christ to, and they're watching them, him march them up. And beat him to where he's unrecognizable as a man. Rip his beard out. Put a crown of thorns on his head. He's bleeding profusely. You can't even recognize or see that he's a man. The cat of nine tails, they're beating him and he's taking stripes on his back. And every time they hit him, it brings some of his flesh out. And then once the flesh is pierced, it begins to strike some of the organs that the, that the sharp objects are able to get in and latch on to. And as they're beating him, they're saying, what a failure he is. No Messiah. But Jesus is thinking, hit me again. Hit me again. Because what you don't know is, is I'm paying for your stuff. <laughs> See, when you go through stuff, it ain't always about for you. Sometimes it's for other folk. And the same folk just talking about you going to be the ones running to you. How'd you do it? He gets on that cross. They nail him. And as they nail him, the Jewish priests and the Pharisees and the Sadducees are saying, what a waste. We told you all he wasn't real. We told you he was lying. We told you he was nobody. We must be right. Because in this moment, your Jesus is on our cross. He suffers. He bleeds. He feels all the pain. He didn't have a pain off switch. He feels all the pain. The anthropos, so much God you didn't believe he was a man, so much man you didn't believe he was God. And he takes that pain and that frustration and he's looked on as a failure by everybody. They pierce him in his side. And when they pierce him, blood comes and it streams and water and it streams. And he gives up the ghost and he says, it is finished. I could imagine one of the soldiers saying, what is he talking about? He must be delusional. We just killed him. What was it that he finished other than proving he wasn't what he said he was? That's why you can never count somebody out when they're down on the ground. You better be careful on your way up, the people you step on. He dies. And when he dies, the scripture says, 
he goes and he holds captivity captive. And he gets the keys to the kingdom of heaven, which Satan had illegally retaken from Adam. And he says, listen, I look like a failure in the natural. <laughs> but if they could only see what's happening in the spiritual... You may look like a failure to your family. You may look like a failure to your friends. But if they only knew what was happening in the spirit of it. He, he takes those keys. And he says to Satan, you will never, ever, ever, ever have the power to do anything again. Other than to run your mouth. Colossians says he disarms the principality. He says, I take all your weapons. I take guilt from you. I take shame from you. I take pain from you. I take sickness from you. You can't use that against my people no more. I take poverty from you. I, I take it from you. I disarm you, Colossians says. And right when all of the people in the natural thought, ah, he really is a failure. He really ain't about nothing. You, you know it, folks. He ain't hitting on nothing. She ain't about nothing. He gonna be just like his. Right when they started to say that, Sunday morning came. And when Sunday morning came, those ladies came to, to, just, to just do what they did. They, they loved him so much. And so, oh, I know everybody says he's a failure, but let's just, let's just go do something, girl. I don't know. Let's just go do something. Let's just go pray at the tomb or something. Try to move the rock do something. And when they get there, the angel says, you didn't get the memo? For three days, it looked like he was a failure. You're going to have moments in your life where them three days are going to be the longest days of your life. They're going to be the longest weeks of your life. They're going to be the longest months of your life. Some of you, those three days represent three years in your life. It's going to be long. But the angel says, you didn't get the memo? He's not in there anymore. He is risen. Scripture says, I'm through. He goes and presents himself to the apostles. Thomas says, I don't believe that's him. Make him prove it to me. Let me put my finger in the hole. He says, I, I, don't, I don't believe that, that that's him. They, they, they couldn't even believe that it was him. And Jesus says, I just taught you how to handle failure. When it looks like that's what you are in the natural, something great's happening in the spiritual. And the truth is, you may not even be able to know all of what's going on in the spirit sometime. But for every crucifixion, I'm here to tell you, if you don't give up, there is a resurrection. Where the folks that say it's resurrection time? Where y'all at? Where the folks say, I'm coming out of this tomb. I'm coming out of this grave. I'm coming out of this failure. No more, no more, no more. 
all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologists recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's.